Hello, and welcome to Elder Health Connection, a podcast where I gather innovators in elder health care to discuss their unique perspectives on caregiving and care receiving. My name is Caroline Morris, and I use my combined experience in biochemistry, physical therapy, health coaching, and growing up next door to my grandparents to dig deep into the complexities of aging and then draw out practical solutions that can fit into your life. I record this show from my home in Alexandria, Virginia, sometimes with the input from my dogs, Benny and Barry. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Sherry, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me, I'm excited. I am too. I think you're going to give us lots of insights on healthy living, weight loss, nutrition, all from a very personal background. So do you mind just giving us a little insight about you and what your health journey has been like? Sure. So I live in Los Angeles and I'm a wellness enthusiast because I am very passionate about people being you know, forthright about their health and being mindful, especially people that are approaching in their 40s. And my health journey has been really, if I had to give it to you in a snippet, is I was a chubby little kid. And as I got older and in my 30s, I was basically in a good place as far as my weight and, you know, my body. And then in my late 30s, early 40s, it started to plummet. And from that time on, until I was 64, I yo-yo dieted and went on every crazy diet and joined every program and spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on programs, but was never successful. And then I went to the doctor for my annual checkup when I was 64, and she told me I was pre-diabetic. And that was not going to sit good with me. And that was the wake up call that started my journey. Yeah, I think diabetes is something I'm personally terrified of as well. Just having worked with so many patients with advanced diabetes and seeing all the, the fallout that happens from there. For you, what was the most scary thing about diabetes? Well, there's actually two things. One was my mom had diabetes. She got diabetes when she was maybe in her 60s, like where I was in. I don't even know how old she was. And the doctor told her she should try and eat better and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she was on medication. Well, my mom loved to drink diet soda. And diet soda is one of the things that causes plaque and plaque causes inflammation. And that's where you are at a bigger risk for diabetes and a stroke, not to mention high blood pressure, which she already had. So that turned into a shot of insulin every day. And I just saw that journey of hers and it scared me. And then I've known people that were, you know, in my life that started out being pre-diabetic and the doctor said, you should really change your eating. And they did it. And then fast forward and their life is, is really horrible as far as their health, because now they're taking so many pills and insulin. And then as we get older, the longer you take insulin, it affects different parts of your body. So what I say to people is, A, don't wait till you get a diagnosis. Try to avoid it like you are. And B, if you get the diagnosis, don't just say, well, I'll take medication because if you don't make a change, nothing is going to happen. Because really, when, when they say food is medicine, Caroline, I'm telling you, 
that's that's a, a line that I used to go, oh, food is medicine. I'm so sick of hearing that. But guess what? Now I wish I would have heard it because food is medicine. But I am going to say I wasn't going to let it get to that point. So she had to scare me to death for me to do something. And that was the wake up call. Okay, great. And then I find with myself and with others, that wake up call can lead to some motivation in the short term, but it doesn't always persist. So how did you use that wake up call to start making a change and then maintain it for the long haul? So what I did is when I went home, I mean, all the way home, I was like literally talking to myself about, look, if you don't do something, you, you tell people that we have choices in our life. Now it's time for you to make the right choice. What do you really want to do? What is, is this what you want your life to look like? No. So I started researching, why do we get diabetes? Why do we get high blood pressure? Because see, one of the things I learned a long time ago, just by going to therapy on a personal level, is we have to ask all those questions. Why is that? Because unless we ask why, we can't find the answers. Like little kids, when you tell little kids something, what do they always say? Well, why do I have to do that? Because why is, when people say, what is your why? Why is a major word that a lot of us don't pay attention to. So I went home and I started researching why we get it. And everything that I researched about food came back to the same one word, which was inflammation. And I started to think about it and I said, okay, let's look at it from a different perspective. So here I've been, I'm 64 years old at the time, and I've been yo-yo dieting, eating good, losing weight, eating good, losing weight, but I never keep it off. Why? Right? And I thought, okay, it must be in the food I'm eating. So then I start looking at what foods cause inflammation and what foods shouldn't you eat. So I start taking them out of my diet and I decided I made a list of all the foods I thought I should stop eating. And I started really focusing on what I should eat. And in 18 months, I lost 103 pounds and I've kept it off. And the reason I've kept it off is because when you eat the correct foods, A, you don't get hungry as often because we're not eating bad food and you can sustain your weight because you know the difference about eating when you're hungry and eating when you just feel like eating something, right? But the other thing that I learned is that, and, and it just was a wake-up call that I learned just on my own, is that here I was stuffing all this inflammation in my body for years. Well, after a while, where is it supposed to go? Nowhere. So it just travels through your body and now it's going to start wreaking havoc. So it's going to show up like high blood pressure. It's going to show up like diabetes. It's going to show up like kidney stones, whatever it is. So if we can stop it at the onset with good food, that's the key. And, and the other thing is, is that you can still live and have fun and go out and can have a cocktail and you can drink because the foods on my, on my list include having some fun eating some sweets, but they're all the right kind. Well, Sherry, that's really something to celebrate that you took the initiative to do the research, implement the steps, find something that worked for your body, but was also backed by some research and then to maintain it. So it's just the way you live your life now. Right. That's, that's remarkable. I think it's really the model of how long-term change happens. Right. But I also did it without, and the reason that I decided to start Balance for Life is because people said to me, oh, you make it look so easy. 
it's never easy. It's just worth it. And what I tell people is, is that it can be easy because once you've done it and you internalize it, I don't make you write anything down. You don't have to count anything. There's no calorie counting. It's just food. That's it. So if you feel like eating, eat it. As long as you're eating what's on the food list, eat it. Yeah. I found calorie counting tends to really backfire for me. I've had not good outcomes with that. No, it's uh, not good mentally for us yeah. because that's all we're thinking about. Right. And then I get into these deprivation mindsets. <laughs> it doesn't work very well. When you were researching foods that you should avoid versus foods that you should be eating, were there any surprises in what you found? Yes. So I don't want to give away all the tea. Sure. But I will say that the two things that I ate almost every day that I know people are going to say, oh, she's crazy because the doctor told me I should eat it. And I'm going to tell you don't. One of them is I ate a basket of cherry tomatoes every day. Tomatoes are one of the worst things that cause inflammation. And when I thought back about it, you know, when you eat a salad, what do you put in it? Tomatoes. If you want to eat salsa, what do you put in it? Tomatoes. Tomatoes is in almost every recipe that, that has to do with salad, vegetables, a dip, something, right? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't understand before why I would lose weight, but I still had a fat belly and I had a lot of cortisol fat. Well, because part of that was the food. So as soon as I stopped eating tomatoes, I could see a difference. And the other thing that I used to eat every day is oatmeal. I was wondering if that was going to be one of them for me. And I'm going to tell you, one. when I see yeah. people saying, oh, oatmeal, oat milk, everybody's into oat milk, the dairy and the oats together. This is one of the worst combinations of food I have ever seen put together. It really, it upsets me, but people swear by it. So I can't tell them not to, because they won't listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The first time I did an elimination diet and I had calmed my body down quite a bit before that I had had some sort of granola for breakfast every day. And then a turkey sandwich on whole wheat bread, which was really just pumped up with oat bran. So I was getting probably two strong doses a day. And the first time I had oats after calming everything down, I felt sick for two days. I gained three pounds, you know, it's just, but I would never have thought that was the case until I had that dramatic response to it. But you know what? You brought up such a key point that I want to just take another step towards is what you said about when you started to eat oats again, you felt horrible. Mm -hmm. This is the thing that happens with people in my program or people that, you know, at least will listen, is that when you eliminate some of those foods and you've been doing it for a long time, what happens is your body starts to talk to you. Because see, before we said to our body, I'm just gonna eat whatever I want because I don't care what you think. Mm -hmm. And your body reacts by gaining weight and giving you problems. But your body does the same thing when it's healthy. And when you start giving it bad food or things that aren't good for you, it also reacts in the other way and it makes you ill. And it tells you, you should really stop this because now you don't feel good again, right? Mm -hmm. And so what happens is you get to a point where you want to feel healthy every day or do you want to feel bad? Because if you want to feel good, then you stop eating those foods. And after you've done it for a while, that craving goes away. All right. A couple things I want to highlight too. So one, 
this will sound terrible, but when my stomach would hurt a little bit after eating oats or things, foods I thought were healthy, but were not fun to digest. I was like, oh, I must just be burning more calories to digest the food. It was such a backwards way of thinking, but that was how I rationalize what I was feeling because what could be healthier than whole grains or granola or things like that. Right. Well, yeah. And you know, you're, we, we get into a mode where we're so used to doing the same thing. And that's the thing is that when your body is changing and you're feeling healthier, sometimes we don't know what to do with that change because we're so used to it being the other way. Mm -hmm. So what I tell people is to really embrace and sit in that change And think back to when you weren't as healthy and you were 20 pounds heavier. How did you feel, right? Because really, it is not about how we look. And that's the other thing that I try to teach people is we have to learn how to live our life from the inside out. Because how you look on the outside and whatever size clothes you wear and how thin you are or whatever it is, on the inside, if you're taking tons of medication and you feel horrible or you have diabetes or high blood pressure, how you look doesn't matter. But we never talk about how we feel. Yeah, that's such a valid point. And some, I think I heard someone a while ago challenging us to, when we compliment people, to not say that they look pretty or they look nice, but to say you look happy today or something to evoke a feeling when we're looking at other people and not just something on appearance or a more superficial level. I have a video that I made and I put it on my Instagram and um, my balance for life group that says, you know, it's really funny. Everybody says to me, Oh, you look amazing. You look so good. You make it look so easy. And I say, you know what? It's not easy, but it was worth it. But guess what? how I look, nobody ever asked me, how do you feel? And when I say I feel amazing, everybody wants to run away from me because all they care about is what this looks like here on the outside. Because if you look good and you look thin, right? It's like, think about it. When you go to meet a guy, if you're single, what's the first thing he does? He looks at you physically. You could be a serial killer, but if you have a nice body, he's interested, right? Yeah because of how you look. Yeah, it's definitely not the full story. And I've known of people who appear at optimal fitness, optimal weight and health, who are just in severe depression or other, you know, other struggles that they may have that may not be apparent on the outside. So I'm, I'm always glad when I hear people focusing on the, the inner world and how people are feeling and their own goals and what they want for their life more than just a number of pounds to lose or something along those lines. Exactly. Because it's like celebrities, you know, there's a lot of celebrities that look phenomenal, but when they're not around you, they are smoking cigarettes Mm -hmm. and they're doing things that aren't optimal for their health, but we love them because they look great. So how do you help people who might be more focused on the weight or how they look initially for their goals to start to transition to thinking about how they want to feel? Well, one of the things that I do is, you know, when someone is interested in my course, they get in touch with me and I give everybody a free 15 minute or 20 minute consultation because there's a lot of questions that I ask because what you think in your head is really going to be a determine how you will do on this program because 
I can help you and I can really help you conquer everything with food and how you behave during the day when I'm not around. But if you're not in a mindset or you're not around people that are going to be your cheerleaders and they're going to be your sabotagers, it won't work. And I let people know that, look, you are going to change. But do you really want to do this? Because if you do, I can help you because I've been where you're sitting. See, I know how you feel. I know the shame. I know the ridicule. I know how it feels when you have a bad day and you want to come home and eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream because I've done it multiple times in my life. I have so too. I know, yes. <laughs> I know because I lived it, but I also know how good it feels when you do the right thing because I'm living that too for the last four and a half years because now I'm at a point where I don't even think about it because I know I am never going to gain weight. Maybe once in a while I gain a pound or two or lose a pound or two. That's it. But it isn't because I ate horrible. It's because maybe I had one little drink too much, you know, or you know what I mean? Or mm -hmm. I might have eaten a little too late because I can't eat late at night. My body doesn't process food. But the other thing I would say is you have to be in the mindset that you're going to really listen to me. Because if you're with me on a one-on-one -on -one session every week, and then we get off of our Zoom and your husband or your mother or your kids tell you or somebody in your life says, oh, it's fine. Just tonight, it's fine. We're going to go out. It's okay if you eat bad. It won't be a big deal. Those are the people that don't want you to succeed because now you're going to change. And they are not going to like the change if they're not on your team. And you have to be ready for that because that's the biggest challenge. And I'm still going through that. People don't wanna talk about the change. They wanna run away from you because they're not in that headspace, so they don't wanna deal with you. It's so true. I mean, food in particular is wrapped up in pretty much every social, family, friendship, even work dynamics. So that's just one piece of it is, is it's always there with the people in our lives. And then remembering that we're the only ones changing. Everyone else is not. And that can strain relationships if they're kind of set in certain ways and the other people aren't ready for you to change. But here's the thing. That is really when you find out who the real relationships and the people are in your life that are on your team and that want the best for you. You're not just there making it better for them, right? Because for mm -hmm. me, I said, wait a minute, why are people like mad at, not mad at me, but why are they acting like this with me? Why am I not getting people to go, wait, maybe she's an inspiration. No, they're not. They're like, they're negating everything I'm saying. I mean, like one day I called up a, a friend to talk about something and I said to her, how are you? She goes, yeah, I'm okay. And she said, how are you? I said, I'm great. I'm really happy. And the first thing out of her mouth was, well, sure, of course, you're really happy. You lost all this weight. And I'm like, mm -hmm. wait a minute. Mm -hmm. See that? That's the real truth about what people think. Because she's not happy that I'm happy. Yeah. She's mad that I lost weight. Well, why are you mad at me? Why don't you let me help you if you're mad? No, they won't do that. Yeah. I think there can be just so much comparison that happens or, I mean, a whole host of things that can happen in relationships, of, you know, jealousy or people being frustrated that they're. I know, but it's just so much easier to want the best for everybody. You know, when I weighed, when I weighed 233 pounds and I was at my worst, 
I never was mad or jealous of anybody. Maybe I was a little envious, mm -hmm. but I used to say, look, you could be like that, but you just, you know, I, I just couldn't get it together. Yeah. So I understand that you're not in the right headspace or you're not ready. Look, it took me 64 years. And that's why I am so passionate about not having people get to that point because I actually dodged a bullet. I could have been in horrible health already, but I'm very lucky that I wasn't. Yeah, definitely. I'm wondering, Sherry, how much do you think was just your own personal work and journey you had to do and how much of it was misinformation about what a healthy diet is, what healthy weight loss is? when you look back on like the first 64 years of trying to manage your weight? Well, I would say until I was in my 50s, it was mostly the noise of what I heard from my family, you know, and the yo-yo dieting. And when was it okay to eat? You can eat when we're all at a family function or a party, but you can't eat that cookie when you're home after school because you're getting too fat. So I got mixed messages about food. And then when I got older, I started hiding food. And then I got to a point where you eat the food because you're fitting in. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why we do it, right? But then when I was in my 50s, I went through a really big transformation where I started to really look at me and the things that were happening in my life. And I kept saying, why does this keep happening? Mm -hmm. And I had to really start looking at me and do the unpacking. So I'm going to say that for the majority of my life, it was what I, what I thought I was supposed to do. But then the last part of this journey has been completely finding out really what is it and why did I do those things? Why? Why? And once I found that out, now there's no stopping me. I am not going to, I don't let anybody push me around. I don't let people control me. I don't have a problem saying no. And I have, you know, I was very confident when I was fat, but I'm more confident now because my brain is clearer. And I will say this, Caroline, people don't realize it, but when you consistently eat better all the time, year after year, your brain gets healthier and you start thinking clearer and making better choices. And now I feel like that's my superpower. Like I have this new coat of armor that nobody can get through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And I think we forget what healthy feels like when we've been unhealthy for so long. So we just think yeah. that's what the norm is. And it takes, you know, some people never get to it, but a, a path like yours of cleaning up eating and probably other parts of your life to experience the clarity again and the energy vibrancy. Why do you think that people don't get there? Because there's a reason and I found that out too on the journey, but I wanted to ask you, what do you think it is? I think, I think there's a lot of it. I think there's some inertia. I think values, conflicts, come up a lot. So like what you described with the social relationships of valuing, preserving the relationship over making the change can be a piece of it. As we talked about a lot of misinformation about how to be healthy, I think is a large piece of it. Well, I'm going to tell you one step further, what it really is. Everything you said, hundred percent true, but they all stem from two words, fear and ego, because every decision we make in life is based on that. So we're either scared about the change or we have an ego about it, why it won't be good for us because mm -hmm. 
it's going to affect our life in a negative way, which isn't Mm -hmm. true. But the other point that you made, which is very, very true also, is about our perception about food. Like for instance, when I went to the doctor, she said to me, you need to start eating better and losing weight. She didn't give me any tools to do that, but I should just go do it. And when you're on a a food program, I'm not going to mention any of them because I'm not going to bash them because there are a lot of people that have been extremely successful. But you go and you sit with other people and you talk about what you did. But when you go away, you come back. Some people don't want to sit in a room and talk about why they're fat and why they eat. You don't have any one-on-one. You don't have anybody that says, here's why you shouldn't eat that tomato, right? So people are going and losing weight, but they still have health problems Mm -hmm. because the foods that they're telling you to eat are not all good for you. And a lot of them have tons of chemicals. So while you're losing weight, you're putting all these chemicals in your body. And then, then what? Right. And then you actually have less body fat to sequester the harmful substances you're taking in. So you might actually be less healthy than if you were heavier. Yeah. And again, I want everybody listening to know I'm not bashing it because look, I spent my money there too. (laughs) I gave them plenty, Yeah. but I was never successful. And that's why. And that's why what I do, you know, I'm trying to shine a light on people and look at you every week and talk to you about how you're feeling. What did you struggle with? Let me tell you how I can help you. Here's some great recipes because I incorporate not only the food, but the one-on-one coaching, if you will. And if you need tips in your life because your life is busy or you don't cook or whatever, I can help you there too. I do all of it. Mm -hmm. And they don't do that when you go to the doctor or you join a food program. No, and it drives me crazy too, especially since some physicians are kind about it. Others can be a little bit more blunt that, you know, now you're overweight, now you're obese, you're at risk for all of these diseases, you need to lose weight. But then, like you said, there's no guidance on how to actually do that. Right, and then they send you to a nutritionist And the nutritionist puts in bad food that we shouldn't be eating. Yeah, which still surprises me that that happens. But I did go to a nutritionist once and she told me I should be eating more carbs than I was in a day and giving me recipes of foods that didn't agree with me. So that, you know, that didn't end up being a good choice for me either. I know some people do have, there are plenty of good nutritionists out there who will go the extra mile, but I wouldn't say it's like 100% guaranteed that a nutritionist is the answer. Well, also in our country, um, Western medicine doctors, they don't want to dive into that. And they're really not trained either in nutrition. They get very little nutritional training in school. I'm not trained in nutrition, but I train myself. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, you did your own research and you tested it out and. Exactly. And I'm happy to say that since I lost this weight for the first time in my life, I've never had a flat stomach, but all the right foods got me one. Yeah. And how does that feel, Sherry? It feels amazing. I mean, it's like, I don't even, you know, now it's funny. I told one of my friends, it's so weird for the last few years, when I go to the store to try on clothes, it used to be, oh my God, I hope it fits. And now I just have to worry about, do I like it on me? And does it look good? Because Mm -hmm. everything fits, Mm -hmm. right? But I just don't like everything I put on. And I just go, I I have the same reaction of, oh, this is horrible. Like I did when I was fat. Just because you're thin doesn't mean you can just put on anything and walk out the door. It still doesn't always look good. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) 
Very good. All right. So Sherry, let's say someone's been listening to us and they're starting to realize that they really should be making a change either because they've been feeling off for several years, they have a diagnosis related to lifestyle, perhaps like high blood pressure, diabetes, even chronic pain can be one. What would be some next steps to start the process of getting healthier? Well, one thing I would say is I think you need to sit and ask yourself first, what is it that I really want? What do I want to feel better about? Do I want to feel better on the inside, on the outside, both? Like, what is it that you, what is the end goal? And then what I would say is to get in touch with me, they can go to my website, which is sharethegift.com. It's S-H-E-R, the gift. Dot com because I want to share the gift of health with everyone and get in touch with me and have a 15 minute consultation with me. And let me talk to you about how this program works, because it is not just about losing weight. This is not a weight loss program. This is a get healthy, feel better program from the inside out, because if you go to my website, you'll see in the testimonials, there are people that did not need to lose a lot of weight, but they did. They lost weight. They got off of medication. There's a guy that's on there. He didn't have to lose any weight, but he didn't have any energy. And he felt like he couldn't get out of bed in the morning. And he just didn't feel himself. And he went on the program and he felt better within seven days just by eating better. So I want people to understand that this is not just about weight loss. However, let's say you need to lose five pounds, 20 pounds or 100 pounds. Once you start eating better, the weight will come off. You see what I'm saying? Because we're eating better and we're focusing on the inside. And when we focus on the inside, the outside automatically takes care of itself. It's like mm -hmm. by osmosis. And that's when people don't realize because we're so busy chasing what we're supposed to do to lose weight that we don't stop and pause for a minute to say, wait, how do I feel? And I'm going to teach people. That's what I do. I teach you how to feel what is going on. Yeah. The body has just such an amazing ability to heal itself and to know, to want to be healthy. And I think a lot of times we think our bodies are sabotaging us, but really we're letting the, it. Right. Right. Or where it's, it's screaming for help and we don't, we don't and know. We're not paying attention. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then we wait till we get a bad diagnosis. And then we go, oh, then the woulda, shoulda, coulda stepped in. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, let's avoid that. Or if you get a diagnosis, just get in touch with me. I'll help you before it gets to that point. Or if you just need to, a starting point, you know, talking to somebody, and this is the thing, Caroline, that I don't understand with people. When there's somebody reaching out their hand to say to you, I'm interested in helping you, and it isn't going to cost you anything for 15 minutes, why wouldn't you want to? Because the answer is, you might not really want to. And why don't you really want to? Because of fear and ego. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You see, it all comes back to those two. It does. Yeah. So if let's say, I guess we all live in some sort of fear, you know, for a uh -huh. lot of our lives and we all have egos, so that's not, you know, not going away. How do we start to move past the limitations of fear and ego to make these positive changes? Well, I think the first thing is, you know, you and I have talked about this, about the why. 
-hmm. Just ask yourself, what is it that I'm afraid of? What are you afraid of? If you start feeling better and eating better, what are you afraid of? And if what you're afraid of entails other people's view of you or anything that has to do with anybody but yourself, that's not the answer. You need to take care of you, mm -hmm. right? And the other thing is where control comes in. What are you really afraid of? Because are you afraid you're going to change? Are you afraid other people won't like you? Like, what is it? Mm -hmm. You know, and there's an exercise that I do with people when they, we do a consultation and I make them really look at it on paper because a lot of it is in ourself is the control that we won't let go of. And once you let go of the control and you stop sitting in the fear, which is, look, it is not easy to do. It took me a very long time to learn it. But if you really want to learn it, you can, because then sometimes you find out that that person that you were before, you've really had all of this inside of you before, but you were afraid to have it come out because of control and fear. So we push ourselves aside so we can make it better for everybody else or because we're scared. And that's not how we should be living. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've found too, as I've done some of this work myself, that I am actually better for other people when I'm not operating out of fear or trying to control things too. Even if that was my excuse in the past for operating out of fear, wanting to control situations, the more I can be authentic to myself or know, know what's actually best for me, it starts to positively impact the people around me as well. Right. And you know, the other thing you brought up a very good point, which leads to, we all have had in our life, some kind, I don't care if you had the most glorious childhood and you grew up like leave it to beaver, everybody goes through trauma and that trauma resonates in our life continually as we get older and it comes out in different forms. So it comes out in relationships, but I am going to tell you that it always, always, always comes out in our food and the way we eat because food is what we gravitate towards when we're happy or when we're sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely true for me. <laughs> right. And it was for mm -hmm. me too. Yeah. And so I had to really work on what the trauma of my life was that caused me to be like this. And now when I see those signs, when I meet people or I'm involved with people, or I have, you know, gonna have a relationship of some kind with people, when I see those signs, now I know how to curtail it so that they don't win. Mm -hmm. That's so powerful. Yeah, and it's not easy, but when you really work on it, everybody can get there. Yeah. You know, and I say it all the time, we can all have whatever we want in life, just what are you willing to do to get it? Mm -hmm. That's such a good question for us to think about too. You know, I think there's a lot of hopeful thinking or wishing without action or partial effort, you know, but are you really willing to do the work, do the work and make the, ch make the long-term change, not just do a, a 28 day cleanse and think your um, weight problem is going to be solved or something like that. Well, and it, excuse me, it's the same thing like with the world. When you look at the world around us, change is huge. But if we're not willing to make a change, nothing changes. Well, somebody's got to raise their hand and take a step forward and lead the charge. So for me, I'm going to just keep shining my light and, and share the gift of wellness with people and hope that they'll come aboard. Mm -hmm. 
So you mentioned your website, Sherry, is a good way to get in touch with you. Is there any other avenues where you'd like people to find you? Sure. I have a, a Facebook group. It's called Balance the Number Four Life. And it's Balance Space, the Number Four Space and Life. And you can join the group. I talk about things there. But one of the best ways really is to go to my website and go to my contact and I'll give you my email. It's S-H-E-R, the gift at gmail.com. Great. And that's how they could set up the 15 minute consultation. Absolutely. Yeah. And if, they're, if they didn't hear it or didn't write it down, I would say to get in touch with you and uh -huh. you could give it to them. Yep. And I'll put it in the show notes as well. So it's all available. Okay, cool. Well, Sherry, this has been such a, a really insightful, meaningful conversation. Are there any closing thoughts you have for us? All I would say is really sit and think about, especially in the world we live in right now, there's so many things going on around us, you know, and we're all just doing the best we can, everybody. And everybody is struggling with something. But instead of struggling by yourself, just reach out and let other people help you. Even if it's not me, just reach out to someone and let other people help you that don't know you. Because those are really, you'll find the people who really want the best for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and who are willing to to stand up for you and your goals and exactly. not, not just have a friendship conversation that can turn enabling. Not always, but often it does. So yeah, and I, I would say if you're struggling with your health right now, if you have whatever it is, it can all be changed. The only thing you can't change, you can't change type 1 diabetes, which is what most children have. And unfortunately, we don't have a cure for cancer, so I can't help you there. But eating better, if you have a good diagnosis or you've been through chemotherapy and you're on the mend, eating clean will keep you there for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a big role for nutrition and cancer. So right. I agree. Well, thank you again, Sherry. We appreciate you. your time, your sharing your experience and your program with us. Thank you. Have a beautiful weekend. You too. This podcast is provided for informational purposes only and does not create a provider-patient relationship between us. If you have questions about your health, please speak to a qualified health professional. If you would like to learn more about working with me as your qualified health professional, please visit carolinemorris.com. Did you know that gratitude is good for your health? If you found value in this episode, please share it with a friend and leave a rating or review. To keep the connection going, subscribe to Elder Health Connection on your favorite podcast player to get immediate access to upcoming episodes. Thank you for listening. With love and gratitude, Caroline.